Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a bonus and final episode of the Filipino American Woman Project for 2021. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And of course, as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome to, I mean, I know we like keep saying we're going to do bonus or not, but welcome. I'm pretty sure I'm saying this is the final bonus episode of the year. Welcome back to the Filipino American Woman Project. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. Yes. And if you are joining us via video, you probably noticed that we have <laughs> been nominated oh, for wrong the, way. Yeah, there we go. Right, I think we're <laughs> right there. <laughs> we have been nominated for the Asian American Podcasters Golden Crane Podcast Awards for 2021. At the time of this recording, we don't know if we won yet. However, if you stick around to the end of this episode, you will find out if we did win. And if we did, you will be able to hear our acceptance speech, which Nani and I actually pre-recorded before this. And we're just like, okay, we did that. We like checked it, checked it off. Yes, done. Just, just did that. And yeah, so we're really excited and we're really grateful to the Asian American Podcasters Association for hosting their second annual Golden Crane Podcast Awards. I actually got an email, Nani, of them saying that if you're receiving this email, this actually means that we selected you. And, you know, there are some award ceremonies where if anyone applies, everyone's a finalist, Mm. but they actually said, oh, we actually turned down some people. And so to know that we were actually handpicked to be a nominee again (laughs) for the second year in a row means a lot. You know, it's nice to know that we're being recognized, especially in, you know, when you think about the Asian diaspora, uh, Filipinos are not necessarily what comes top of mind. So to be recognized in the Asian community really means a lot. And I'm curious if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, I agree. I think that the mission of the association to just, you know, bring attention to and really praise Asian American podcasts is so important because visibility, you know, and that's something that's always been an issue in our community. So I really appreciate them for the efforts that they make to really standardize themselves and, you know, establish themselves as an association to be, you know, judging us basically. Not judging us, but, you know, praising our work. So yeah, like acknowledging yeah. us and celebrating us and, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually quite interesting because I recently binge watched Gling Empire on Netflix. And mm-hmm. it's basically kind of a continuation, but not, it's not really directly related to Crazy Rich Asians. And so this mm. was an actual reality show of actual affluent Asians in L.A., Oh, it follows their whole story. There's about eight episodes. What I really liked about it, first and foremost, Nani, is that it showed the diversity of Asians and affluent Asians. Like there was like successful Chinese. There was like a Korean model on there. There was Vietnamese people representation. But get this, 
the only Filipino representation was a server at the restaurant they were being filmed at. <laughs> what? You know? And yeah, so it was like, it was very interesting to know, at least in this representation in this show, that, you know, the only Filipino representation happened to be a server in a restaurant. Yeah. And, and the people that were sitting there, the main characters, they were like, he's Filipino. He doesn't look Filipino. He doesn't look Filipino. Like they were saying. Yeah. And it exactly. was. And, and why, so once again. <laughs> yeah. And why do they say that? Yeah. So once again, it's, you know, again, to be involved with something such as the Asian American Podcast Association, to be recognized as our show, as the title it is, Filipino American Woman Project really means a lot. So yes. anyway, stay tuned till the end of this episode to find out if we win. If we do, you'll hear our acceptance speech. And again, it was just fun to overall celebrate Asian American podcasting excellence. Our next update is it's our birthday month. <laughs> so this has been quite an interesting year. And, you know, last week I had the fortune of once again, continuing my new tradition of celebrating my birthday by myself. So if anyone followed me last year, I got an Airbnb to myself for two nights. And so I had an entire day to myself to really celebrate my birthday. And I also want to share that I have just been exhausted, like for most of this month. And that's a conversation for Christmas with Jen and Nani on why. The reason why I mention that is because, you know, Nani often um, handles our newsletter. She often manages like the, the opening message and, you know, the details of updating whatever we need in the newsletter. And little did I realize it took me till today, the time of this recording on Monday, <laughs> to realize that Nani had shared a dedication to me for my birthday. And it meant so much, Nani. So I just want to you know, thank you for that. There were some things that you said that just really meant a lot. I think one of the lines that you said is that, you know, I'm someone that can model a healthy example of oneself. And relationship with oneself, yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Obviously, we're very tired at the time that we're recording this. <laughs> it's the end of the year, y'all. We're just like, we're like over it, you know? But I, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, lately I've been talking very extensively with my new therapist. That's a whole conversation for another time as well. I'm on my third therapist in just the last couple of weeks, whole conversation. Wow. But anyway, it's been really validating for me to share what I've been going through and for her to point out like, how much I'm actually going through, but also like, I guess the tools that I've developed to take care of myself in this turbulent times for myself. Yeah. And so for you, Nani, to once again, remind me of that, it means a lot because it's, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know that you're doing good for yourself and for right. others if you're in the thick of it. So I just want to say thank you for once again. Mm. And this is what I said in the newsletter. So everyone, you can check the show notes of this episode to read that last new newsletter. <laughs> When I decided to give you a shout out <laughs> for your yes, birthday, you did to let you know that like what you mean for me is that feeling of validation is that you mirror back what I'm putting out there. Like I feel seen because of the way you listen and because of the way you respond. So thank you <laughs> and mm. happy birthday to you. <laughs> as happy well. birthday to you. Yes. Thank you. I meant everything I said and I do really admire that you you know, handle adversity really well, if that's, you know, probably not the best word, but you have developed a lot of tools and a lot of things under your belt that you can use when you feel that way. So it's not like you're just sitting there feeling sorry for yourself and stuck in this kind of like loop, feedback loop. So I really respect that about you. And I think that that's something, like I said, in the newsletter that we can all learn from. Oh, thank you. 
Yes, of course. It's great to hear that right now, especially now that the year is unwinding and I'm finally in a place to just like chill. Like I have straight up been binge eating and binge watching, like no joke. Hello. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that time. I was like, you know what? It's my birthday month. Like it's the holiday season. And actually, one thing I want to share is for the first time in a long time, I'm really grateful that my birthday happens to be around the holidays. I used to actually Mm -hmm. resent that because I always felt like it would overlap. You know, people be like, oh, this is your birthday and holiday present. And somehow this year, having celebrated my birthday by myself and driving around town and seeing all the Christmas lights, it made me feel like, wow, like it's my birthday you know, and, and these lights, they're not for me, but it feels like it, you know, yeah. not, like there's no other time of the year where you can celebrate your birthday and see holiday lights and, and like everyone's houses That's and true. in the cities. And I'm like, yeah. And so it felt different this year, considering how I've struggled with seasonal depression, like literally every year and how I've always felt, you know, small around my birthday. And I thought, I, I thought I'd mentioned that it's that kind of, it's that kind of the year where it's like, you know, like for the first time in a long time, I feel grateful and I feel chill and I'm allowed to binge eat and binge watch and take it easy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad that you feel that way. And I'm trying to feed off of that energy because as we speak, I'm eating this really good strawberry shortcake stuffed cookie. (laughs) It sounds really good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So to our listeners, whether you're listening or watching us, yeah, we're like toning it down for the year. Like I don't feel as like high tempo as I used to when we normally have these conversations. I'm just like, not at all. Yeah. Super low energy. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm giggling because I'm like, this is hilarious. Like how we've gotten to this point and we know how exhausted we are. And you know, Nani, for you, I'm happy that you were able to celebrate your birthday early this past weekend. Apparently you were able to, you know, enjoy it the way that you wanted to. I was. Yeah, it was really nice. So it was just perfect for my comfort level. I didn't go too far, but I got far away, you know, enough. (laughs) And I basically just watched my baby like on the monitor the whole time I was gone. (laughs) But yeah, no, it worked out. It was really nice and much needed. So back feeling better. My birthday is actually tomorrow, but yeah, I'm here just, just chilling. Yes. There's a part of me that hopes that we carry this energy into the new year where it's just yeah. like, you know, it's okay. It's okay to just be chill. Slow temp. Slow, and uh, take it easy. slow pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But so far I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm tired of like living the fast pace and constantly like shifting ground beneath me and constantly trying to like establish a new foundation. I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm Same. I'm good. Yeah. I just like literally no joke. I've like this morning, we like don't always do this, but I woke up and I was like, I want donuts. Like I literally woke up. I was like, I want donuts. So we like drive at like 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yes. Donuts. Indulge. It's the I holidays. Stuff, I my face. I binge watch Netflix. I get tired. I fall asleep. And then yeah. I sleep for the afternoon. You know? It's a nice life. Trust me. I miss that. <laughs> yeah. I believe you. So I will rest for the both of us. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Well, yes. Happy birthday to us. And of course, to all the other December babies and holiday babies who often don't feel recognized. I hear you. I feel you. I get you. And I hope that, you know, you get to a place like me where it's like, you know what? Like, I'm actually happy now. Like, I'm happy that, you know, I'm one of the rare birthdays that gets to enjoy holiday lights (laughs) around this time of the year. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, we actually had part one of our book review with the book Little Manila is in the Heart, written by Don Mabalan with your best friend, Caitlin Damasion, recently, <laughs> earlier on this month. 
And at the time of this recording, we have released it on our private podcast show, Chismas with Jen and Nani. And that was a really fun conversation, Nani. Like, I feel like I studied really extensively for that. I mean, part one is a whole book in itself, you know? Yeah, pretty much. And I even still feel like, because the episode that's coming out, it's about an hour long. There's a part of me that feels like, man, I feel like we could have talked more. But like, that's how amazing, you know, that book is. And so I put some show notes together already. I thought I'd read a couple of it or read a couple of points here. But, you know, one thing that we pointed out in our discussion is that we have had over a century's worth of documented history in America. And Don Mabalan has challenged other historians by writing this book, by saying, I challenge the way that other people have written our history and not written it, Mm -hmm. making this book exist. And And that's so so important. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it was amazing book review. It was a nice little refresher. The book is way too long to go, (laughs) you know, the full thing and then do one review at the end because it would take forever. You guys would never hear from us (laughs) (laughs) again until a very long time. But yeah, it was great. I think this book is a great next step to the first one that we read because it kind of quote, it includes a lot of like excerpts or explanations about specific parts in that book that like we even talked about, you know, or characters and their kind of personalities or behavior patterns and, you know, those things that are passed down to us. So I think that it's also interesting to go from the Filipino male perspective in like the 1930s, 1920s, 1930s to, you know, more of a modern day perspective from the Filipino woman specifically you know, on the events of those books. So that book, so. And in addition to that, one thing that really stood out to me as I re-listened to our conversation was where that need or where that kind of default action to just work comes from. Like when all else fails, work, be productive, like, you know, be action oriented. And I see that in my mom. I see that in my family. And Mm -hmm. I have especially seen that in myself lately with all the chaos of all the interesting experiences of my personal life, I have found work to be my safe zone. And so it's really interesting to read it from a historical perspective, why we default to that, why we default to being productive all the time. Yeah, it explains. I mean, I think that that's something we talk about a lot in our interviews. I think the last time was even with like my auntie when she was talking about what Filipino culture means to her and how it lies heavy on like work ethic that we have. And um, again, you know, like you, I see that in my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, you know, all my family members and think about why they're like that. It's like, it's hard to find the words to verbalize something like that. And so this book really helps you develop the language. Yeah. And one thing I found most special about our conversation that surprised me, and I'm sure it surprised you, Nani, was when Caitlin shared her father's poem or one of her Mm. father's poems to us because he has direct experience with the history that's mentioned in this book. Yeah. Yeah. That was really special too. You know, growing up, she had always told me that he writes poetry. And I think that that's where she gets her like book nerdish behaviors from. I remember he worked in a bookstore and she would always be reading and going there to visit him and So they were heavy. I think that was a big part of their relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was very special for her to share that with us and for me to actually get to hear one of his poems instead of just hear about it, you know? Yeah. I think that must be also 
that must have been a fun experience for you to, in a sense, learn something new about your best friend, right? It's yeah. like, you've known each other for so long. It's like, oh, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know what that would be like or like that. Have you heard one of his poems before? Was that the first time you were hearing him? Yeah, that was the first time. So it was, yeah, definitely really special. I love it. Yeah, it was a very special moment for all of us, I think. Yes. And so with that said, just so you all know, that conversation is now available, episode 19, which is titled, and actually I said this while we were recording, (laughs) it's titled, Identity is Intimately Tied to Your Memory. And that's what you referenced in the book, Nani. The quote. Yes. And so this is available now, episode 19 on Chismas with Jenanani. We'll provide the information in the show notes for you. i love for you to listen to it. And also we'd love for you to join us in our book club. All you have to do is visit us at biasboba.com and buy us one cup of boba and you're in. That's it. It's that easy. <laughs> so if you want to support us, feel free to do that. Otherwise, all of our replays of our conversations will be available on Chismas with Jenanani. Actually, right now, what I want to do is play a snippet of that conversation. And so without further ado, here is a snippet of first 14, 15 minutes of our conversation. Enjoy. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to an exclusive episode here at Chismas with Jen and Nani, brought to you by the Filipino American Woman Project. I'm your creator and co-host, Jed Amos. And as always, I have my co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back. And Hero, our special guest, Hero. <laughs> welcome back to the both of you, Nani and Hero. Baby Hero is making a cameo again. So hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone. Yes. And of course, we are extremely excited because this is really the second episode, I think, of doing our book club or really the start of it. And so, Nani, would you like to introduce really the person that made this possible, that inspired us, and more importantly, is keeping us accountable (laughs) to do this book club? Would you like to introduce your best friend? Yes, my beautiful best friend, Caitlin Demacian. She is spearheading this book club process and yeah, here to offer some really great insight on the next book that we are reading. And if you guys read your emails, I think we sent out a notice that we are reading Little Manila is in the Heart, our next book in our book study iteration from the first one that we did, which was America is in the Heart, the Filipino American Rite of Passage written by none other than Carlos Bulosan. So this is kind of a thing that we're doing here. And yes, excited to get into part one today. Without further ado, Caitlin, welcome back to the Filipino American Woman Project, as well as our exclusive podcast show, Chismas with Jen and Nani. Happy to be here. Yes. Um, Hi, guys. As Nani and Jen just said, I am Caitlin, the resident book nerd here. Very excited to be here. Very excited to be reading. Very excited to be talking once again in community about these super important books that we are all, well, at least for this one, Manila is in the Heart is a first time go around for all of us. So we are reading this with new and open eyes, just like any of you who would be reading this for the first time. And we are so happy to be guiding you through this process and I'm inviting you to do it with us because we are literally having the time of our lives while at the same time, you know, this is a dense book. We are doing some dense reading here, but as you will witness, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing it. So I hope you guys can join us as we do this. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining us. I can't emphasize that enough. I remember when we were brainstorming what the next book was going to be for us. And I naturally just chose Little Manila's in the Heart, one, because it was on Kindle. And so I didn't have to like get the physical book and have to actually like read like in the traditional sense. But two, it had the same title as America is in the Heart. And little did I realize that there was a a ton of similarities. I mean, Don Mabalan, who had written this book, 
And you reminded me this in our last talk about it, Caitlin, that she heard about the book when she was at UCLA and they had recommended they read America's in the Heart when she was, you know, in her Filipino class. And little did she know that her dad, was it friend, I think best friend or, or her uncle yeah. really uh, happened to be one of the, yeah, yeah, you know, happened to be, you know, written in the book and Carlos Bulisan's book as Carlo. Is it Carlo or Carlos? I'm trying to remember. Claro. Oh, Claro. Thank you. Yeah. As Claro in the book. And so in kind of reflecting on the introduction of this book, you know, Dawn didn't realize that she was literally living history and she had been living history her entire life in Stockton. And it only dawned her when, again, she read America's in the Heart. Just so you guys know, if you're watching via video, all of us here, Nani, Caitlin, and I have taken copious notes to really dissect and interpret this book for you. Of course, I want to start by saying, I wrote this to make sure I say this out loud. First and foremost, we are not like official historians. We're not like Stacy level <laughs> historians. And so all that being said, really what we're doing is giving our, our interpretations, our observations of this book. And we want to encourage you to, like, hopefully this conversation will really entice you to actually read the book. It is a heavy read. That is why we are dissecting this one part at a time. But I'm telling you, like, I read through the first part twice just because it was so heavy. It was so much information. And I actually learned a lot more the second time around. And that's just something that I felt like I needed to do. Like knowing that this was a Filipina American author, I felt like I owed it to her to really read it and understand it. I think that's something that we also discussed a little bit in, in our last talk when we were kind of introing this book was that this is written by a Filipina American, a Filipina historian, which is really significant just because, you know, obviously starting with, as we'll dive into when we read this book, the amount of Filipinas in the Filipino American community were very, very small. Um, this really started off as the bachelor society. And so that, you know, this woman is at the forefront of, you know, really chronicling our history and making our history part of the larger American history and part of, you know, our education is really important. And we felt all, you know, really strong feelings about, you know, wanting to continue that torch and continue the flame of her work. And so really, you know, put a spotlight on that. So I think it is, you know, we're doing our due diligence here and I'm excited to be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the reason why I'm sort of having us repeat ourselves from the last recording is just because, at least for me, I feel like I had like a better understanding reading it the second time around. And it's interesting because like I've been able to like pieces of my past, like when I was in college and I actually was learning Filipino American culture because I learned the difference between Filipino American and Filipino history. I realized there was like a stark difference between the two. But like it's interesting to really digest this and start being able to connect the pieces from my past from a decade ago to realize like, oh, I understand it now. Like, because at the time I felt afraid that, oh, I'm learning this, but I'm going to forget it. But I realized like, I guess, thanks to the brain and the amazingness of it is like, I'm able to have more of a connection with what I learned in the past to really appreciate how hard it is to put a book like this together, <laughs> you know? And so I want to turn it over to uh, Nani while Hero is, you know, being good to us and to your thoughts, your initial thoughts. Yeah, no, what you said made me think of one of the quotes, or maybe it's not a quote, just something that she says in the first part of the book, which is like, I think it's like even on the first page, which is, I didn't realize that it was history at the time. At the time, it was just another day in the life. And looking back on it now, you know, however old she was, I think she might have been like in her 40s or around there when she passed away. And so at whatever point she wrote this book, it's like, wow, I look back on my life, which I just thought was like 
memories that meant nothing to anybody else. And now this is literally history. Like I have to document it. It's history. And it makes me think of, so she also mentions in part one that there are three main themes about this book. One of them being the politics of historical memory and the ways in which we remember and forget the history of community. And I think that that's really interesting and something that I am just so grateful for her to have documented and elaborated on so thoroughly because in thinking about like, you know, our childhood memories or the stories that our families passed down or what we've learned in community, we sometimes I think can have this syndrome of like not feeling like our history is important or worthy of analysis, which is another thing that she says in there because we don't see it recognized really anywhere else like in school or even this book club as an example like this is something that we've taken up you know by our own intention it's not like an assignment from a school project or anything like that and so you know to make this information and just these oral histories to put them down so that other people in other generations that have other accessibilities sorry someone else go yeah well we got nani for a little bit yeah so you know, how you mentioned you know specifically i forgot that don you know spent the time to really recognize and pay attention to the fact that you know history we have history by winners and then history you know from below which is yeah. the history of the people and Something that, you know, was really impressed upon me when we read even America's in the Heart was how far back the Pinoy, Pinay, Filipino American history stretches. So this book literally starts at the beginning of the 20th century. So it starts, I think, you know, the first date she throws out there is 1901, starts, you know, with the Philippine-American War. And after reading, you know, not just Carlos Belosan's work, but reading this, which is a historical text, it really impresses upon you, oh my goodness, you know, how much we do matter, how much we have been a part of this American fabric, how far, you know, our history is stretching now. That's over 120 years. Like this is over a century's worth of history now. And the fact, especially, you know, that this book is written in so much of our Filipino American history takes place within California. It takes place in Stockton, which is what, Patricia, or what, Nani, like 50 minutes from where we are, you know? So to see like, wow, so much of the birth of our history and our culture is right here outside of our doorstep. I almost have, you know, that aha moment like Don had where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been sleeping on my own history, which has been so available to me this whole time. And even this book. So I picked up, you know, the, the text version because I am a book nerd and I like to feel the pages and to like hear the pages. And I picked it up from the San Francisco Public Library, which has a Filipino reading room, a Filipino American oh, history reading room. So they have all that. these texts, yeah, dedicated literally to the Filipino American history. And it just feels so cool to, you know, like go there, to dive into it, to pick up one of the texts, to be, you know, disseminating it and to be sharing it with culture is like, wow, you know, to continue this legacy on is really important work. And at the same time, it kind of gives you the chills, you know, to feel like, wow, like, you know, I'm, I'm part of history because What's cool about this is that in some ways, because it has been overlooked so much, there's still so much work to be done. And in a lot of ways, you know, the work that we're doing right now is kind of at the forefront of that because there's still so much work to be done, especially from the Penai perspective, which is really cool because like what we did with the last book, we really had to create, you know, the narratives and the stories for women because women characters were so far and few and in between within America's in the Heart. And I think we'll find the same when we're reading Little Manila's in the Heart. You know, very rarely 
are there those women's stories to, you know, kind of pick up on? So we're going to have to kind of like piece together, okay, this is what was happening with the men at the time. So what do we think the effects were, the repercussions were on the Panay community? So I'm looking forward to doing that with y'all. Yeah, I think that I read in the part one of this book that we're reviewing today that between 1920 and 1929, the ratio of like Filipinos to Filipinas, like Filipino men to Filipino women, was like 14 to 1. It was like 93% male. And so I think that also puts a lot into context, or at least one theme that I kind of picked up on throughout this part one, the first three chapters was really painting the picture of like the life for Filipino male immigrants and how lonely it was and how because of that extremely imbalanced sex ratio, it was nearly impossible for them to, you know, make families on like larger scales and, you know, settle here that way. But the other thing that I was going to end on, which you touched upon is that, you know, these are the histories of the Filipino men, of course, and what were the women doing? And in Carlos Pulosan's story, we were really trying to like fill in those spots and stuff. And what I think Dawn is basically saying in another quote that she shares is identity is intimately tied to your memory. And so our memory is like what informs us of, you know, who we are and how we identify and how we connect with others and find community. But that is history. Like, just like Dawn was saying, it was just another day in the life for her, which is now she's realizing is this rich history. That's also the story of your life, you know, and that's also the beauty of doing this book club. And, you know, even if we're documenting our experiences in a different way, i.e. via oral storytelling and reviewing other people's stories on this podcast. However you can document it, do it, because one day you'll look back and be like, wow, that's some really rich history. Yeah, absolutely. I'm most excited about, you know, really giving our community the ammo to understand from a historical perspective why we have the imposter syndrome, why we feel like we're not allowed to take space. I mean, literally, we were removed in a sense. I mean, when Little Manila was gentrified for a gas station at McDonald's and erasing a lot of Stockton history, I hope that in reading this book and hearing us talk about it, you understand like, yeah, it's very valid that you feel like you don't belong here. You feel like you're taking up too much space because, and according to American history, like we weren't allowed to take up space. I mean, at first, we were national wards. You know, we were allowed to be here, even above like Chinese and Japanese people, to actually like being offered a one-way ticket to go back to the Philippines. And, you know, even politicians pushing for us to be aliens in America. Yeah, that is a part of our history. There is a lot of reason why we feel like we're not supposed to take up space here. And so I'm just really grateful to be doing this with both of you to be reading this book together, again, written by a Filipina-American author. And hopefully, again, like I said, giving you all the ammo to understand why you feel the way that you do and hopefully doing something with it, like doing something with it now that you have that knowledge. All right, and there you have it. That is our discussion of part one of Little Manila is in the Heart by Don Mabalon with Nani's best friend, Caitlin. And I think that's it, Nani. I think that's our conversation for the year. I kind of wish we could sound a little more enthusiastic, but I you and I shared this at the beginning of our conversation. Like, we're done. We're, we're done with the 2021. And it's not that we're ungrateful. I think we're just exhausted. 
And it really took a lot for me to even want to do a recording, but I was like, you know what, this is the final one of the year. And one thing that I find is that when I show up for these things, I never regret it. And so this is really the last time you'll see me via video (laughs) in 2021. And I just want to, you know, thank you all like happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We love and appreciate you all. We hope that during this time that the episode gets released, this is something that you needed. Maybe you were missing us and surprise, (laughs) we're here (laughs) and we appreciate you. And we hope that, you know, even this episode alone gives you some comfort or a sense of company during this time as things are still opening up and, you know, it's still a weird time. It's still a weird time. Yeah. We wanted to just make sure that we got an episode out before the end of the year wraps up, you know, to say thank you and happy holidays to you guys. So even if we are exhausted and like not in the mood to do this today, We, you know, want to make sure that we recognize you for supporting us and being here all year to just be on our journeys with us. So thank you. Happy holidays. We love you. And we will see you in 2022. Yes. And thank you for loving us anyway. (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) loving us and watching this from beginning to end and understanding like, yeah, like y'all worked hard this year. We did. We worked hard this year, Nani. We put a lot considering all the things that happened in our personal lives. And so I'm really grateful for this. I'm grateful to document this. And, you know, like we just said, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, have a happy new year. And we'll see you all in 2022. Love you all. All right. Hey, everybody. Jen Amos here. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode to get an update on the Golden Crane Awards held by the Asian American Podcasters Association. So for the (laughs) second year in a row, we have received an honorable mention. And considering everything, and I always like to say, more details in upcoming Chismas with Jen and Nani episodes, which you can have access to if you become a member on biasboba.com. But, you know, with everything that has happened this year in 2021, it just means so much <laughs> to have our work recognized for the second year in a row at the Golden Crane Awards. So thank you to Lee and Andy and to all the judges who organized and helped, you know, listen to all of the nominees' podcast shows to decide, you know, who wins what. Receiving the honorable mention for a second year in a row means so much to us. And so with that said, Nani and I actually did a pre-recording of our acceptance speech, which we had submitted ahead of time in case we weren't able to be there live. It was actually Nani's birthday, the day that the award ceremony took place. So happy belated birthday, Nani. <laughs> I just want to thank you all again so much for your continual support. We hope that you all enjoy the holiday season and we look forward to reconnecting with all of you again in 2022. Remember, if you want to hear our updates and when we're going to be back, because we don't have a clear date on that yet. Remember to subscribe to our newsletter, which you can check it out in the show notes of this episode or visiting our website, tifaproject.com.
All right, with that said, here is our acceptance speech. Enjoy and happy holidays. Wow. Oh my goodness. To the Asian American Podcasters Golden Crane Awards. Thank you so much. I'm Jen Amos, the creator and co-host of the Filipino American Woman Project. And of course, this is my amazing co-host, Nani Dominguez, who's been with me for, gosh, 130 plus episodes now. I'm really at a loss of words. It's been a crazy year for the both of us individually. And I really just want to say thank you. Yes. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Jen. Thank you to our friends and family who have supported us over the course of the pandemic in this last year and set the foundation for us to keep making the show. Yes, thank you to our editor, Dennis, for making us sound amazing. Thank you to Patricia, who helps us with behind the scenes, especially with social media. And thank you to our interns at the Bulosan Center. Shout out to Stacey Salinas, co-founder of the Bulosan Center at UC Davis. And of course, to you, the listener. <laughs> thank you so much for your support. And we're just so honored to receive this on your behalf.